ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Sedano, Gutierrez, Blackstone, Isola, zero days this panel without being unnecessarily dramatic. Just like the NBA, zero days without being unnecessarily dramatic. Kyrie Irving's trade request. What? What it means for the Nets and everybody else. Also, All-Stars, All-Stars, and another bad by the refs. Let's go. Pause. You take that back, Tony, or I don't know what I'll do. News of the day. Kyrie Irving requesting a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Everything appeared to be going just fine, right? He's the all-star starter. The team is in the top half of the conference. Durant's timeline coming back from injury is getting closer. But now this. Wants a trade by next Thursday's 3 p.m. deadline. George Sedano around the horn to you. Where did this come from? Do you believe the Nets will honor Kyrie's trade request? And then why do you take it for a spin? What are some possible destinations? Okay, Tony, let's start with where did this come from? Remember, just recently, there was a report that Kyrie Irving wanted an extension of four years and north of $200 million. I think it's fairly safe to say the Nets probably balked at that situation, hence why we're here today talking about Kyrie Irving asking for a trade request on February 9th or before the February 9th trade deadline. Now, I do think, though, Kyrie has not done himself or at least the organization any favors in regards to leverage now in this situation, Mm -hmm. because if I'm a team looking to trade for Kyrie, and there will be some, I, I would presume, they're not going to give them any uh, anything of, of real value. Now, I do think that the prime target is fairly obvious here, that it's LeBron James and the Los Angeles mm-hmm. Lakers, although I do think even the Lakers would have some hesitations about that extension. If you trade for him, are you going to have to immediately give him an extension, or will he potentially shut down if he doesn't get said extension. So there is a risk involved with whoever decides to trade for him. But the Lakers have those two picks. We've talked about it, nauseum. Obviously, they got the Russell Westbrook contract that they can make work. There's been talk about this trade going back to the offseason. Now, I don't think the Lakers are alone, Tony. While I think they're the clear favorite, I think the Clippers could be involved because Ty Lue coached him. And I know people will say, ah, Ty Lue and him didn't get along at the end. But Ty's going to want the best talent possible. I would also include quickly, the Heat and the Mavs as teams who will always be willing to look All right, so now that we've got Lakers, Clippers, Heat, (laughs) Mavs, I don't know who on the Clippers roster the Nets would want. Remember, the Nets, again, top half of the conference, everything was going fine. Let's bring Israel Gutierrez here on Kyrie Irving's trade request. Well, it, the timing of it is, I think, is brilliant on Kyrie's part because the whole conversation is never, hey, can, Tyree, can Kyrie still play basketball? It's, hey, can he, you know, sort of settle in? Will he not create any waves? And will he just focus on basketball? And it's almost like Kyrie sort of ran out of, of, of time here and believing in his, his ability to do that for the rest of the season and just said, hey, trade me now. Because the move for Kyrie is just, hey, prove that you can be a stable person again. Prove that you can play throughout the season, play into the playoffs, carry your team, you know, maybe to a conference finals, maybe 
maybe to the NBA Finals, and then there's no doubt in your mind or people's minds, hey, we can sign this guy to a three- or four-year extension. Right now, there are still people wondering, will he be that stable person when we bring him to my franchise? Can I trust him for three or four years? And the timing of it, I think, is perfect because you've got a very short period of time for people to convince themselves out of it. Like Steve Ballmer can definitely (laughs) convince himself, oh, I I can handle Kyrie. Let's make that trade. Or a handful of other teams. So rather than have an entire summer of of time, just these few days to just intense thinking about maybe I'm going to All right, and and you highlighted uh, the Clippers there with Ballmer, but since you know the Miami Heat better than anyone, do you see that as a possible destination, Israel? I don't know if it's the right fit in terms of personalities. You know, Miami's very sort of secure in terms of who they are as a franchise and who they want to bring in. And I don't know if Mickey Harrison wants to bring in Kyrie Irving in all honesty. So if, um, you know, if they do, then I do think it's a good landing spot for him. I think they've had some issues with Kyle Lowry. He hasn't really lived up uh, to, the, to the trade when they acquired him. And so, yeah, that piece would absolutely put Lowry them probably and... at, uh, at the top of the Eastern Conference. Robinson, Robinson. maybe. Okay. Kevin Black Robinson and a picks. draft pick probably. I'll bring you in here. Well, I mean, Kyrie Irving, what, what a teammate. Wow. Um, wins a championship with LeBron in Cleveland, doesn't want to stay there. Uh, gets to Boston, they're putting together a team up there, decides that's not a good fit. Uh, he's, he's, here in, he's, he's there in the Nets. He's getting the ball right now in KD's absence, averaging 33 points a game, doing whatever he wants, willing that team to victories, and all of a sudden, that's not good enough. This is the same thing he did in the offseason, by the way. Uh, remember when KD was asking for uh, a trade? His trade, yes. And, we uh, remember that, yeah. too. With the exactly. <laughs> so then he wanted out. If I'm the Nets, I do not budge. I do not pick up my phone. He is going to play for this team and through the end. Are we concerned about him being in the last year of his contract? No, not really, because as a free agent, we can pay him the most money. And as everyone else pointed out, when you look at other teams who would want to acquire uh, Kyrie, everyone had some concerns about whether he would fit with this team, whether he would fit with that team. That's going. That's right. ca- that, that carries with him everywhere he goes. And now... Frank Isola. I've been holding on Isola to the end here because we have, and I say this to you, Frank, because I know what you're talking about, a white snake situation. Here we go down our road. The only road we've ever known. Go ahead, Frank Isola. It's amazing. The Nets lead the league in superstar trade requests. First Kevin Durant, now Kyrie Irving. Think about how things change quick in the NBA. Three months ago when Kyrie tweeted out that movie and, you know, that the anti-Semitic content in it, you're wondering, he got suspended five games, and then it turned out to be eight. And you're thinking, does Kyrie Irving have a future in the league? Well, clearly he thinks so. He's demanding a trade today. But everyone is right. If you're the Brooklyn Nets here, unless you get a deal that blows you away, the best chance to win a championship this year is getting Kevin Durant back healthy, Ben Simmons healthy, and Kyrie Irving playing the way that he's been playing. Because remember, Kyrie Irving's best year with the Brooklyn Nets has been the last six weeks. Why? Because he's playing for a contract. He's playing for his future. You want to give him more than a one-year contract? I get it. If I'm his agent and I see what some of these other guys get, I want four years. If I'm a team, I'm giving him one. That's all I'm giving him. Dano, back in. Tony, before we jumped on the air, I made a a number of calls, and I talked to a couple of uh, NBA players who are in this building today here in L.A. They all yelled at me, the Lakers need to do this deal. Of course they did. If you're LeBron James, because the clock is ticking, because of all the stuff he's he's talked about during the season openly about wanting help, this is the team that is going to be under the the, the microscope in regards to Kyrie Irving saying those wonderful things about LeBron. We did it on this show just a few days ago. We know – but, but, I mean, it takes two to trade. The, these draft picks the Lakers right. have are not exactly the – I mean, so that's out there. And then Russell Westbrook back with Durant. 
man, this league. Bravo. Bravo, NBA. We move on. All stars. Let's go. Here are the rosters, and you know how it works. If you want to put someone in you think is deserving, you got to take somebody out. Frank, I know you've never complained about the NBA before, but humor us. Try something new. Who was snuffed from this year's team, Frank? I think De'Aaron Fox. Uh, certainly was an Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards of Minnesota. You know, politicians will get up there and they'll say, a vote for me is a vote for prosperity. It's almost as if the Western Conference coaches got up there and said, a vote for Paul George is a vote for load management. How are you voting a guy that has missed 17 games? I get it. The fans sometimes do crazy things. The media, we don't know what we're doing. The coaches, I thought you guys don't like when players do this. So you have Jaron Jackson has missed 17 games. Same thing with Paul George, both terrific players. Anthony Edwards and De'Aaron Fox deserve to be on that team. Mm. Kevin Blackstone. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that if you are missing that many games, I think that's disqualifying right. for the All-Star game. However, it is not us who are, who's making that decision. It's the players and the fans. And for whatever reasons, they, have, they are continuing to vote in guys who are playing like you know, a, um, a third of the first half of the season, which just, just doesn't make sense. Anthony Edwards and... 20 was the average, like 24, 6, and 4, something like that. He has carried that team. Um, uh, he, could, he could use some help around him. He's got them in the playoffs. I don't think he's missed a game, maybe one. Um, that's the kind of uh, uh, reward right. that I think should go so out to a player. Anthony Edwards on. And who are you throwing off there? Is, is it uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.? No, I wouldn't. You know, Zion. I mean, Zion. Right, he's a starter, what? but I hear what you're saying. He yeah, also but he's missed, played, he's missed um, 19, 20 yeah. games. I, I, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Israel Gutierrez. I'm in agreement uh, with KB and Frank so far. I will add James Harden as a major snub in this one, and I would put him in ahead of Tyrese Halliburton, frankly, because you're talking about a seven games played difference, right, where Harden has played less games, but better record, better team record, more scores, uh, more points, rather, more assists, and it just feels like it's sort of an anti-Harden mm. and a pro-Tyrese, you know, young guy sentiment there. And I'll also say that I think uh, Drew Holiday probably shouldn't have gotten in, and if you want to throw somebody else in there, I would put Jalen Brunson in there, uh, because yeah, that, a lot of people yeah. are basically interchanging Jalen Brunson for Julius Randle. One of them could have gotten in versus the other, but I think he could have gotten in for, for um, DeMar DeRozan, who, again, 10th, 11th place team, somebody's got to score for them. You know, he's sort of a coach's darling, but is this really an all-star year for DeMar DeRozan? Eh, the numbers say so, but a lot of people are scoring a lot this, uh, this okay, season. Okay, and I will deduct here. Terry's Halliburton does lead the league in assists, so Harden doesn't have Halliburton in assists, Israel. Sedano back in. No, he does. Tony, isn't this game for the fans? It's not for the scribes and the media, right? This is about what the fans want to see. And, yes, I understand that maybe some of you guys on here want to have a games limit, but there's no such rule that says there needs to be a set amount of games to play in this particular game or to be chosen in this particular game. So I'm going to take out Laurie Markkinen, and I'm going to put in Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis, what? prior to his injury – was playing at an MVP level. You can, oh, all you want, Frank. But the reality is this. You're the guy that wants to see a bunch of dudes that the fans don't want to see, okay? The fans clearly wanted to see Anthony Davis, and this game is still about the fans last time I checked. Anthony Davis, the snub for you, okay? And who are you throwing off there, George? I threw off Laurie Markkinen because, to Israel's point, somebody's got to score on a bad team. Israel, I'll go back to you here. No, look, I mean, to me, Anthony Davis, you got to play. And the one thing you got to do in this, in this league is to play games. And I think I'm all about, you know, changing a rule that maybe you should have to play like 75% of your games to make the All-Star game. So 
And while he did play, had a good stretch, it's not an all-star season for him. And that's why James Harden Utah is not leading the league. Utah has a better record. Uh, Utah has a better record than the, the Lakers. Lakers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I lose to Houston's got more wins this and season. And the game's in Utah. Right now than the Lakers. Who would you rather have on your team, Anthony Davis or Laurie Markkinen, right now? For the all-star game, Laurie Markkinen, because I know he'll play. No, 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 right now, right now on your team. Forget about the all-star game. Your team right now, because the fans want Guys, the horn was like three minutes ago. What are you doing? Let's Fire go to break. By yourself. Next. Davis is another place for getting hurt. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Chase. We started the show with the countdown, zero days since anything unnecessarily dramatic in the NBA. That was because yesterday was reset to zero. When we had this, stop me when this sounds familiar, Dylan Brooks, angsty and flailing and scuffling. Last night, the wind-up and whack to Donovan Mitchell's lower abdominal region. We launched the basketball and then the shoving, and then both were ejected. Mitchell was hot after the game. Take a listen. That's just who he is. You know, we've seen it a, we've seen it a bunch in this league with him. Quite frankly, I've been busting the for years. Um, playoffs, regular season. Um, you know, in the one game he does a high job on me today. You know, he decides to do something like that, and this isn't just a Donovan thing. You know, this has happened to other players throughout this league. Um, and it's bull. If we're being honest with you. Dylan Brooks, Donovan Mitchell, someone else, George. Who was in the wrong, and does the league need to discipline more? Tony, far be it for me to say that I don't like a player who's got a little nasty to him on my team, and I like Dylan Brooks as a player, but this was egregious. I mean, it, it was clearly, there was clear intent there. You could see it just by watching the video. Anyone who was watching that can see that. And look, Draymond Green got a one-game suspension in the NBA Finals, okay? for doing something similar with his foot to LeBron James, I would say in the regular season, that deserves a longer uh, suspension, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, if you want to find Donovan Mitchell for throwing the ball, so be it. But Dylan Brooks needs to be suspended. Israel Gutierrez? Well, Dylan represents the best and the worst of the Grizzlies. He's that fiery competitor. He's always defending hard. But the worst part about it is he can go over the top a little bit sometimes. And this is one of those examples. Now, does he need to be uh, suspended longer than somebody else who's only caught, been caught doing it one time, unless there's some sort of history there that we don't know about? No. He should just get the whatever it is, a one-game suspension or whatever the standard suspension is. But the Grizzlies overall need to worry. I know they think the league doesn't like them, which is not true because Jaron Jackson Jr. made the All-Star game. But they need to worry about their competition not liking them and them sort of going over the edge of being that team that just you don't like and whether it be a Detroit bad boy situation or something like that they could gain that reputation pretty quick. Kevin Blackstone. 
You know, one-game suspension, that's fine, but let's not make this like an NBA problem of discipline okay. in the league. That's not at all the case, and I know Dylan Brooks got into it with Shannon Sharp um, the, uh, the other week, but that was Shannon Sharp's problem, and the, the John Darms in L.A. should have dealt with Shannon Sharp um, and not have to worry about Dylan Brooks. So let's just play on through this. Two guys with beef, that's good for the league. But that was intentional in your mind with Brooks first. The oh, shot. yeah, it was. Reggie it Miller was. on the broadcast, that's I think, stuff. said he didn't think it was intentional. Which no, no, or, we know what happened. And Frank Isola on, on Brooks and then on the way Donovan Mitchell came back at him. Yeah. Well, Dylan Brooks learned a valuable lesson. Do not mess with anybody from Greenwich, Connecticut, country day school, tuition about $51,000 oh, well, I think, I think oh, they serve gelato oh, in the school cafeteria. <laughs> Dylan Brooks uh. has a history here. And the commissioner of the league should be on the phone with him. And then he should say, Put John Moran on the phone as well, because John Moran had a quote after the game. The league hates us. Excuse me? You guys are getting a reputation, and it's not a good one. Dylan Brooks needs to be reined back in. One game suspension. Never change, Frank. I told you. See, that is reporting right there. And knowing the cafeteria menu. 51000 a year. Okay, that's still, once again, a low blow. <laughs> we'll move on. Fire sell to college. Kara Lawson claiming the Duke women's team played with a men's ball in the first half of their loss Sunday at Florida State. Says in the first half, her players complained. Halftime, assistant coach Winston Gandy went to the scores table to inspect the ball, where he realized the ball was, in fact, a men's ball. And then the ball was changed out in the second half. This morning, ACC Deputy Commissioner Amy Acola said the league investigated could not determine if the wrong ball was used. Following a thorough objective review process, they said there was no evidence found to support the claim. Here is a split screen of the balls in each half as per the game broadcast. For what it's worth, it's, a, it's almost impossible, but I think we should just show you that. In, in general, the difference is one centimeter in circumference in the women's ball and the men's ball. Israel, what are you buying? What are you selling from this? Well, having played with both the men's basketball and the women's basketball, you can tell the difference right away. I'm selling the idea that nobody in that first half, the players, meaning didn't just stop the, the game and just say something. I'm also just selling the idea if there isn't some sort of process for picking out the game ball and the backup game ball in women's college basketball, there absolutely should be. I know there definitely is one in the NBA. I'm not sure about men's college basketball, but that should be a simple process. You have dozens of women's college basketballs being there in for, for warm-ups. How does one men's ball sort of sneak in there and become the game Ball. No, they should protect the game ball before the games and have it chosen uh, by the players on both sides. Well, actually, they do do that, Izzy, and I don't know how, you know, this process fell apart this time, but at the end of the day, the refs are the ones who touch the ball, make sure it's bouncing right. They should be, they be able to determine which is a man's ball and which is the women's ball. And in this case, that didn't happen. But I'm concerned about, about something here. I'm concerned that this only happens, this kind of stuff only happens in the women's game. Only in the women's game do you have to play on a ballroom floor. Only in the women's game do you show up and go to the exercise room and find out they've got a couple of dumbbells down there to keep you in shape. Um, they need to fix this problem so that it never, ever happens again because it's a really, really bad look. Isola. Carol Lawson spent one year on the Celtics bench, and everyone there said she has the chops to be an NBA head coach. In this case, though, it's sour grapes. You know, over the course of two minutes of a game, Everyone's touching the ball. Maybe unless you're James Harden or Luka Doncic's teammate, you're going to touch the ball. You have right. to know. Everyone that's played soccer or basketball knows there's a difference in the size of the ball. None of the players knew it. The referee. Wait, no, no, no. Lawson is saying the players did complain to her in the first half, and that's why they, they went stopped. ahead and checked it at halftime. That's what 
the players didn't know. Well, they sh- I'm saying the first minute of the game, players, are, you I mean, you can play basketball twice and you can tell the difference. George right? That's what I find hard to believe. Tony, uh, look, I, I agree with everyone here and that, that that should have been stopped sooner. Uh, I, I do think that we can all agree there. But I've, I'm curious to know what the investigation the ACC did. What kind of transparency do we have in regards to that? Because them just saying they didn't find any evidence, well, can you tell us what that included? Like what you did to try to figure that out? Maybe real quick. Well, look, the one bothersome note about this, women did complain in the first half, and apparently they really were not taking ser- taken seriously. And that's the problem with women in sports, not taken go. seriously when they need to be. Just stop the game. Throw the right, ball exactly. This is the wrong ball. I think the players always know, though, right? From the second you touch a ball, they know it immediately. So if they were saying it, they know. Showdown next. Stone, I told you. The only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Yeah, and the Pelicans-Mavericks last night. Brandon Ingram guarding the inbounds pass, called for out-of-bounds on the deflection, and the clock kept running. Pelicans had no challenge left, couldn't do anything about it after the game. The refs admitted they were wrong. They did it before the two-minute report. So how should the Pels feel about that, Frank? They, they should feel awful. They obviously got job, but guess what? It happens in the NBA. Think about the Lakers, and I'm not talking about what happened on Saturday against Boston. Last night, they went to the free throw line 16 times in the fourth, zero for Indiana. Right. Yet the Lakers aren't complaining. not about the Lakers, please. Would you stop? Kevin Black is that's, <laughs> that's true. Here's the problem, Frank. They didn't have any challenges left, but you remember, just a couple seasons ago, this could have come down to the referees calling, making that call in the final two minutes. You can't do that anymore right. now. So and jam. why did they not have a challenge left? Because they used one earlier successfully. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Just hosed. We'll move on. NFL skills last night. We had a Craig Hodges situation. The old people might know what I'm talking about here, but Derek Carr, we know the Raiders want nothing to do with him, so he's sans team. Uh, furious, 31-point precision passing display to win the AFC's contest here. Here he was with Ryan Clark after. You've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. It's uh, probably why I'm going somewhere else. KB. <laughs> <laughs> On personality alone, I'm going to give Derek Carr a contract in the NFL. What a fantastic answer. He's a very likable guy. He's a decent quarterback. You know what? The New York Jets, I'll take him as my starting quarterback. He's good. Kevin Blackstone, 30 seconds of FaceTime. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you for showing that bit with Derek Carr. You know what that reminds me of? Since we have all these skills competitions going on now at the All-Star break, let's bring back the show from the 70s, Superstars. You remember that? That was great when you bring the best athletes from every sport and having them do stuff like ride a bike, swim and uh, make, do a 100-meter dash, um, swim, race, everything. You remember when Joe Frazier almost drowned in his swim? Oh, man, that <laughs> well, was that's incredible. not great. I want to see that again. Let's see these people, let's see these people come bring back. Bring it back. A little bicycle race. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> see you Monday.